What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of God and Government. I'm Pastor Stewart, and this is... Pastor Brandon. That was a smooth move with that microphone right there. Good there job. We go. Well ready. done. <laughs> Welcome, guys. Here we're going to be talking about how to live Christianly um, with our government, uh, interacting as a Christian should, being faithful, um, holding fast when we ought to hold fast, submit when we ought to submit. Today we're going to be digging in deep to Romans chapter 13, which I think is going to be really helpful, yep. especially for me right now with everything going on in the world. I feel like I'm going to get at a lot of it today, and I hope that you guys are too. A couple of things real quick. Don't forget to like, share, comment. If you got questions, drop them in the feed. Sharing is caring. Hit that button. Toss it out to your friends. Yes. Um, easy way of evangelism. Sharing evangelism. is evangelism why not right make disciples get out there get it done do that stuff toss it out there um if you're looking to support the show we are looking for sponsors you can also go to paypal.me slash we are christ church all one word but pastor brandon you got something to kick us off with today what you got yeah share if you dare Ooh, if you dare (laughs) your friends may have blocked us already (laughs) so if you share maybe not maybe not Maybe not, but it, it, we don't all have the same mutual friends. This is true. I have been surprised at how many folks have been liking and mm-hmm. following and watching these videos that I do not know personally. Yeah. There's I don't a, know a lot of people personally, mm-hmm. but there's people tuning in from all over. Yeah. It's exciting. And that's because people are caring and sharing. Caring and, and tossing right. it out there. That's tossing right. it out. That's right. That's right. So you can also go over to iTunes. That's right. Find us um, at We Are Christ Church. And you can give us a five-star review. Ooh. What would be fantastic is if, as other people listen to other podcasts, the algorithm, capital A, <laughs> suggests to them capital to a. watch our, our podcast, Ooh. to listen to our podcast. And you got to have reviews to do that. you got to have those five-star reviews. reviews. That's right. So That's it right. will take literally five seconds. You pull up your phone. You go to your podcast. You go to the We Are Christ Church podcast. Subscribe if you haven't. Mm. And give us a five-star review. There you go. Toss it Money. out there. Well done. Or give mm-hmm. us a four-star review. Or, or don't. Or, uh, you no, know. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> don't say it. Don't say it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I do have something for us today. I, I have a wonderful quote to begin with. Okay. How's our audio? Are people tuning in? I, I want to make sure they are poised and ready for this they, quote. They seem ready to yeah. me, my friend. Good. <laughs> well, this quote is from John McLeod. McLeod, Ooh. Scottish. Is this the Highlander? Same thing? That's my Highlander accent. I like it. John McLeod. <laughs> Don't do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> I'm not good with accents. No, you're, you know, you're trying. Well, That's here good. he says this, and I love it. It's a beautiful quote. You'll have to listen carefully. But he says, A people instructed, interested, and evangelized proved the anvil on which the hammers of royal tyranny and oppression Rain their blows in vain. Okay, so people don't talk like this anymore, so we're going to need to slow down and go back and figure out what what he's saying. What is he saying? He's saying that a people, a society of people who are instructed, that is instructed in the Word, Mm -hmm. instructed in what the Word says about the government, civil authorities, church, state, family, Interested, you see, you got to be interested to tune into a show like this. You got to care, right? You have to be concerned, right? You have to be asking Jesus, how would you have me relate to my neighbors hmm. and to others in society at large and to my civil authorities? Mm-hmm. You've got to mm-hmm. care, right? What Jesus says about this particular topic. Hmm. If you just put your head in the sand or you're busy, busy um, 
you know, with, with leisure and luxury and, you know, just going day to day without any thought, you know, if you're not examining your life, well, then you are, you are a soft target for mm. tyranny. Mm-hmm. But if you're instructed and you're interested and you're evangelized, mm-hmm. that means you have the spirit of God in you. You've been changed. You've New been heart. regenerated. Mm-hmm. You've repented. The power of the resurrection is in your heart. He says that these people are an anvil on which tyranny can rain blows, but it's all in vain. Tyranny proof. Yeah. They could try. They'll come at it, but it doesn't work. These people, instructed, interested, and evangelized, are tyranny proof. Hmm. They've tyranny proofed their lives by the power of Jesus Christ. Oh, I like it. That's that's the theme for this show. Right. Tyranny proof your life. Ooh. Right? Ooh. I feel like, do people still do bumper stickers? We should make bumper stickers. Hashtag. We need, this needs to be Christ Church of Acadiana. <laughs> tyranny proof. Hashtag tyranny proof. I wonder Man. if we could get our church folk to put that sticker on their cars. Yeah. Why not? Maybe, maybe a magnet. Definitely Maybe a magnet. 30s. You don't want to ruin the paint job. <laughs> right? That's true. Tyranny That's proof. True. Like we just it. ask everyone to put that bumper sticker. Like It kind of forces them mm. to listen to this show. And see what these two <laughs> crazy guys are chatting about. What the heck is going so on? So John McLeod, hundreds of years dead, gives us a great vision for this show. Mm. And it, could it be a better time for us to tyranny-proof our lives and to tyranny-proof our children's lives? Mm-hmm. One day we're not going to be around. Right. Our children are going to be on their own. They're going to have to be faithful themselves. They're going to have to stand up to tyranny that comes upon them or the threats of it. It's a great time. We have immigration halted. Mm. We have tensions with China ever increasing. Mm, We have oil prices doing some wild and crazy things. In the negatives, my friend. Yes, we have bans on homeschool being proposed by Harvard Magazine. Mm -hmm. We have the right to assemble taken away. Under a state of emergency, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Bill of Rights. Now, this is a question that has to be asked. The Bill of Rights gives us the right to free speech, mm-hmm. the right to bear arms, mm-hmm. the right to assemble. The mm-hmm. right to assemble has been taken from us. Mm-hmm. Do they have that right? Did they have that right? Mm-hmm. Do they still have that right? What basis or on what authority did they take that right from us? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are questions that should be asked. Well, Brandon, they're trying to protect you from yourself. They want to keep you well, safe. I want to think best of their motives as, as all possible. Sure. We, we wanted to flatten that curve. Right. But That's can we true. go on indefinitely uh, taking from us the right to assemble? Mm-hmm. Here's mm-hmm. a thought experiment for you. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. It's Louisiana. And okay. they say because we have a state of emergency, we are going to need to declare martial law. That could have easily been done. If the curve wouldn't have flattened, if the death rate would have increased, mm-hmm. easily could have declared martial law. We could have military troops, camouflage, BDUs, uh, M16s, and ARs on the street corners. No right to assemble. State of emergency. And then they say, hey, we're going to have to take those guns away from you, fellow Louisianians. <laughs> you no longer have the right to bear arm. Okay. What do you think would happen? People in Louisiana, stereotypically, would lose their mind. It would be interesting. Yeah. But hey, we're going to go ahead and take away your right to assemble as a church. What happens? Mm. We already know the answer. Right. And right. as one author recently stated, the reason is people in Louisiana know 
the purpose of guns, but they don't know the purpose of worship. Ooh. They don't understand how, okay. v- how pivotal worship is for tyranny-proofing your life. Hmm. More important than guns, there's, there has not been a better time in our lifetimes to begin tyranny-proofing your life. Hmm. I think that goes without saying. Yeah. That's easy. Churches are being scattered. Rights a symbol taken away indefinitely. Bans on homeschooling. Wow. It's getting crazy out there, bro. Like, I wonder what the next five years are going to look like after all this settles. Will this settle? Yeah. Will will there be war with China? Mm. Will there be a cold war with China? Will um, our life be altered in every way that we can imagine? Or will everything go back to normal? Mm Mm-hmm. Time will tell, but I know this. We need to tyranny-proof our lives and our children's lives by getting instructed, interested, and evangelizing. Mm. Yes? Amen. That's the point of this show. Amen. Amen. Um, We're going to Romans 13 today. Nice. But not just yet. Before that. Oh, not yet. Before that, I hear that Pastor Stewart here. Oh. Now, this was not, you know, this was not a scientific commissioned (laughs) survey. There may be some data skews. Yeah, <laughs> there <so>. may be. <laughs> yeah, so we took a little poll. There you inf- go. Informal um, on the internet, just to kind of get the idea of what uh, do people trust that the government, as an entity, has their best interest at heart. We mm. did it on three different levels. We yes. did federal level, then we did state level, and today I put up um, the city parish level, like local level. Um, and I found I saw a couple of really interesting things. So I've got. You mean you saw some patterns in the, you know, the sample yeah. size that you had. Right. So I, I've got a diverse group of friends on my social media feed. We've got um, all kinds of different folks, Democrats, Republicans, all those things. Interesting. Um, so I, was, I, had a, I had a hypothesis before I started doing it. And my hypothesis was, well, everybody's just going to divide <laughs> over party lines. You know? So they're going to say, well, I like this guy because um they're blue or i don't like this guy because they're blue or yeah, vice versa that sure, was, that sure. was my there's thought. a lot of that these days right but that's funny enough not what happened so on the federal level <laughs> the reigning <laughs> truth was no one trusts the government whether they're a democrat or a republican yeah no nobody does now you can hmm. you could get in there and kind of draw some presuppositions and say well there's a president in office that works this way and the mm-hmm. uh, senate is wired this way and mm-hmm, congress mm-hmm. looks like this so there could be you could say different things like that maybe whenever you say federal government people only think president or maybe they only think sure Sure. Congress, Senate, so it might like depend that. to what you know on who's in office, right? But the general gist was very interesting. To Suspicious. Me. I was I was surprised. I was yeah. very surprised. Um, but then whenever we got to the state level, it was mm-hmm. more the same. Now there was a slight increase, I would say, on the trend line, <laughs> the yeah. unofficial trend line. There's a slight increase in trust. The more local the government gets. Now really? I just really? put my parish city poll out today. So I'm super curious to see. I, my hypothesis is that people increasingly trust government the more local it gets. I see. I, I'm interested to see what the results are going to wind up being. Though. In fact, you guys could help me out right now in the comments for those of you watching the show. Scale of 1 to 10, how much do you trust that your local government, that's your parish, county, city government, has your best interest at heart? You can drop that number in the comments. We'll monitor them here as it's going on. But I, I have a theory that it gets higher the more... The more local, local it gets. Yeah. But it was still very interesting to me to see. Like, I have friends of mine who are super, super Democrats, family, um, and even they're saying, no, yeah. not trusting them. 
But what, what about you, though? You know, or did you ever answer the survey? So I answered the federal one. I didn't answer the state one. I can answer mm. the federal one now, though. So the federal one, I would say I'm like a solid three, three-ish. <laughs> well, didn't uh, our buddy Earshad? Um, Earshad from, made a, uh, made a, a great Persian point. from Iran. I, right. That was great. He was like, well, you know, compared to the government of Iran. That's right. U.S. is like an eight. For yeah. Me. <laughs> Don't go around complaining. That's right. You know, That's Iran right. recently um, sentenced a convert, a, a young lady who converted to Christianity, to you know years in prison along with lashes, ten lashes. Holy smokes! They're scourging converts in Iran. Holy smokes! Um, and I've also heard, interestingly enough, that the country with the highest per capita conversion rate to Christianity mm-hmm. is Iran. Really? Isn't that weird? Yeah. What? Per capita, per capita. That is amazing. But yeah, we so uh, we have a lot to be thankful for. For sure. But we do sense some things slipping through our fingers. Right. Yeah, right, right, sure. Right. It's sure. it's interesting stuff to think about. But should we biblically should we trust the government? It all depends on what you mean by that word <laughs> trust. Sure, sure. Right? We got to talk about that one. Do we mean follow no matter what? And I think everybody would say no. Unilateral, un, un, no, nothing relative, absolute adherence and allegiance, yeah. no questions, no criticism. I don't think anybody's saying Romans 13 means that. Nobody yeah. means yeah. that. Um, but to trust, does trust mean that you're, you're allowed to question at times? Yeah. Are you allowed to question publicly? Should we times? cultivate gullibility? Are we called to be childlike in the area of discernment? Mm-hmm. Right? Or are we called to be childlike in the area of sin? You know? mm. Are we called to be like doves here or like serpents? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I will say this. Jesus didn't trust the governing authorities. Right. We know that for a fact. He called Herod a fox. Mm. And, of course, we understand. We probably understand what that means. It's a, you know, a symbolism or metaphor for someone who is sly and crafty. Mm-hmm. Don't trust him. Watch your back. He's a fox. Right. He didn't trust him. Right. We know that they are ministers of God, as according to Romans chapter 13, even right. though they don't get that. Right. And we also know that ministers are sometimes wolves. Right. So we are to be childlike when it comes to sin. But we are not to be childlike and naive and gullible. We're not to... Um, to check our discernment and our mind at the door. Mm-hmm. But with love, what we should do is try to give the benefit of the doubt. Love yeah, believes all fair. things. Mm-hmm. Uh, love mm-hmm. does its best to give the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. you know, until proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great poll. There's something uh, interesting to talk about there. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and also a great segue. Ooh. For Romans chapter 13. So if you're listening at home, if you want to get out Romans chapter 13, it's one of the pivotal texts when it comes to the relationship between the Christian and the civil authorities. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. Romans 13, we're going to be going through it here. The, the section right at the very beginning is where we're looking at starting in verse 1. So, um, any questions before we jump into this text? Any? So, uh, so we got a. So Aaron Vaughn doesn't have a question, but he does say that if we made the sticker, he'd put it on his car window. We got one. Yeah, he, we he got is one. technically a top fan, so I feel like he is a top fan. He can be our advocate. Should we the, charge the for these wilderness. stickers? 
How much would you pay for that, Aaron? <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, us how know. much? How much? Um, Joe Garner says that if he shares the feed, does that mean that he gets to put a red ball on the Christmas tree? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, totally during the Christmas counts. season. That's During right. the Christmas season. Get it done. That totally yeah. counts. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Great. Well, Romans 13. Are we ready? Romans right. chapter 13, verse 1. Let every person be subject submission obedience reverence mm. let every person be subject to the governing authorities plural for there is no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god all right we've got some stuff here mm-hmm. um, the constitutional convention in 1787 was addressed by benjamin franklin he said this he said if a sparrow cannot fall Without God's notice, it is, is it probable a nation could rise without his aid? Benjamin hmm. Franklin, who, by all accounts that I'm aware of, was not a regenerated Christian. Right. He I think a, he was a theist. Christian worldview. Mm-hmm. He understood um, quite a bit. But he knew, even he knew, that there is not civil authority unless God has raised it up. Right? Unless God has instituted it. And God has instituted it, along with the family and the church. The civil authorities are one of the three institutions that God has instituted in this world. So when we say governing authorities here, we're not just talking about White House. We're talking, this is a general statement regarding civil authority. Okay. This could be local, this could be the sheriff, mm-hmm. it could be the mayor, it could be the president, it could be the king. But generally speaking, we are to be subject because they have been instituted by God. They mm. only exist and they owe their existence to God's decree. Mm. Okay. They, they owe their validity and their existence to God. Right. Now that implies a lot about how they should behave. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But it also says they have no authority unless God says so. It's only authoritative over the Christian's life if it is in submission to God's ultimate authority. Okay. They have what we call derived authority. Okay. God has absolute authority. Mm-hmm. It's not bestowed on him. They have derived authority, like a father, a mother, principal, like a, uh, um, a pastor. They have authority because God gave it to them. That's right. Got it. And they are illegitimate if they go against God. They no longer are in the, in the realm of authority mm-hmm. when they are rebelling against God. Now, we believe, and we'll show this a little bit later, that God shows them their lanes, gives them their prerogatives in the Word of God, Mm -hmm. and that he commands them how to obey by the law of God. He shows them what is good through the law of God. Mm -hmm. That when they are in rebellion themselves, that's when Christians have to ask, what should we do? How do we respond at that point? That's where the tension is. I got you. But like a a dad who um, orders sins in his home or cultivates sin in his home, that's not an authoritative act. That's tyranny. Mm, it's okay. only when the father is acting in his God-given authority that he is truly an authority. Got it. Does that make sense? Right. Because we tell, and we tell, you know, wives that are married to non-believing husbands, that when the non-believing husband is doing just that and acting like sin in the household, the wife can say, I love you, I'm supposed to submit, but I cannot follow you in this way. Yes. Like with all earthbound authority, it's derived, and our submission to it is relative, mm-hmm. and our submission to it is as unto the Lord. 
ultimately it's a submission to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Peter and John told the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Senate, should we obey you or God? Because Ooh. they were exercising illegitimate authority, right. telling them to stop preaching the word. They were operating outside of their jurisdiction, mm. and therefore Peter and John disobeyed them. Right? And, he, and they called them on it, too. Indeed. To their face. Indeed, said, yes. Should I do this because you said it, or should I obey God? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And we know the answer to that question. That's courage right there. Amen. Verse 2. We have this general statement that civil authority is instituted by God. It is good. Amen? Mm-hmm. It, is, it has authority, like a minister preaching the word of God. He has authority as well. And so verse 2, we get this general response. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed... And those who resist will incur judgment. You have legitimate authority instituted by God. If you live a life of rebellion, crime, resistance, you can expect God to judge you. He will judge you perhaps through that civil authority or perhaps at the final judgment or both. Verse 3, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct. Now remember, this is the ideal. This is teaching us Um, the institution and the authority of civil government. We know that some are terrors to good conduct. Right, right. But the general principle, how God designed it, is that rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but they are a terror, you know, a fear to bad conduct. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, Hmm. and you will receive his approval. So all things being equal... We have a beautiful, submissive, God-ordained civil authority. He is a terror to evildoers. He's restraining evil. He's exercising justice. He's establishing peace that the gospel might flourish. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal. That's what we want. Um, In the first um, constitution, so to speak, in America, the earliest, written by the founders of New Haven, Connecticut, under the influence of the Puritan pastor John Davenport, they instituted four articles. First article is that the scriptures, Old and New Testament, are the guide for all of our lives, for this community. Hmm. As they continued their articles, they said that they would establish a civil covenant and they would establish a government for the good of their colony, for the good of their um, descendants, hmm. for peace and wealth and prosperity. It's good. It's inherently good, mm-hmm. like all things that God created. Verse 4, for he is God's servant. Now, who does anybody who's listening know what that word is? You know, those of you out there watching on the live stream? Servant. Servant. Put your little comment right down there. What is that? A servant for your good. God's servant. President Trump is, ideally, God's should servant. be God's servant. Mm-hmm. For what purpose? Our good. See that? Mm -hmm. The mayor, the sheriff, the police officer knocking on your door. Should be God's servant. Should be God's servant Mm -hmm. for your good. Mm. Should be protecting you and serving you as a servant. Mm -hmm. That word is diakonos. Deacon. Deacon. Oh, look at that. Minister. Minister, literally. Minister. Wow. Um, In each of the spheres within the kingdom, family, church, civil, There are ministers that do God's bidding according to God's commandments. Mm. We have ministers in the church. Do they have authority? Yes. Indeed. Right. Under God. Mm -hmm. 
Should they, should they be trusted and obeyed? Ideally, yes. But if they step outside of that line, we understand. Right. We are told repeatedly that some ministers are wolves. Right. right. And we are not to obey, be gullible, doe-eyed, and, and dumb towards right. wolves. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Wolves should be shot. They devour the sheep. Right. So a civil authority is God's minister. Should be submissive to God, obey his law, stay within his lane, and he should be serving and doing all that he does for our good. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on, but if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword, capital punishment, in vain. For he is a minister of God, an avenger, that is, one who gives wrath, who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. God, in his kingdom, uses civil authorities to execute wrath on this earth hmm. against evildoers. Okay, okay. See? One of the ways the kingdom advances is when the ministers of civil authorities do as God ordained them to do. Hmm. They f- stand up for justice. They, f- they fight evil. They serve our good. They keep the peace. And they create an environment where the gospel can thrive, mm. where children can be educated in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, where commerce and trade and, and, and free commerce and trade can thrive and property can increase and God's covenantal blessings can continue to flow to us in increased prosperity and wealth. Right. As they keep the peace and do justice as God's ministers. So there is like there's a fundamental presupposition that we have when we're talking about this, right? And yep. that is all of Christ in all of life. Amen. You know, that's one of the things that we say at Christ Church all the time. But I know that there's going to be some people who are watching this feed who aren't necessarily Christ Churchers, yep. who this is becoming new for. And what they just heard you say probably goes against 90, if not all, of what they heard about how the church and the state should interact with each other. Because you just said the state, the civil government, operates under the authority of God and should obey him. And Amen. the first red flag that's going to pop up in front of everybody's head is, but separation of church and state. Mm. So how do, we, how do we help somebody take steps away from that? Yeah. How, do we, how do we bring sure. it a little farther? Well, I would first like to say that when we are raised with a particular worldview and someone challenges the worldview, it's very hard to hear them carefully. Mm. That's true. Yeah. That's true. The words that I'm saying go into someone's mind. They rearrange them, and they think that I just said something that I didn't. Right. Anyone who's new to this thinks what I'm teaching is that the church should be authoritative mm. or the authority over the state. Right. That's right. No one ever said that. Mm. That's why it's also important to listen to all the shows. That's right. That's right. Let me just lay the foundation here. In church history, there have been a few different viewpoints. One we could call the Roman viewpoint, Roman Catholic viewpoint. Okay. That the church is over the civil authorities. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was very common. You can study medieval history and you see a lot of that, that going on. All right. Um, that led to a lot of abuses. The Inquisition as one. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Bible never says that we should be um, using capital punishment to uh, punish sin. The sword is meant to punish crime, not sin. All right. Got it. Now, there's a lot there, but just here I'm trying to help people understand what I'm not saying. Right, right. Now, in I believe it was the late 1700s. 
and the name of the uh, originator of this concept slips my mind right now. But in the late 1700s, I believe, as a product of the Enlightenment, um, it was taught and, and believed throughout much of Christendom, throughout much of the church, that the state was actually authoritative over the church. So you've had these two competing ideas, church over state, state over church, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. Both of which lead to atrocities, right. both of which are out of their jurisdictions as given by the Bible. Right. 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 The king... King Uzziah, what, did, what happened to him when he tried to go uh, strut his stuff in the house of God? Leprosy, right? He was out of his lane. Hmm. And the same thing would go for a priest if they tried to behave like a king. There was lanes in the scripture. There always were. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, there is another view of which we hold, um, which is commonly called sphere sovereignty. Okay. That within the kingdom, there is the church, the family, and the state. They are not over each other but exist, you know, separately, laterally. They exist Mm -hmm. flat, and they have their jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. And that when all three spheres are obeying the Bible, obeying God, you have the best opportunity for a great society on this side of, you know, the new creation being totally culminated. That's the Reformed perspective, or one of the Reformed perspectives. That's what we hold to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're not talking about... Um, state over church or church over state, but everyone in their lane, mm-hmm. everyone advancing the kingdom the way they are ordained to, mm-hmm. and all submitting to the word of God. Got it. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. Now, there are other Christians. This is the predominant view, I would say, that says you have the church and you have the hearts of Christians. Mm-hmm. And that's where the Bible and the kingdom of God is concerned. And then you have the public sphere, and it's all neutral out there. Mm. That we engage in the public sphere, not with the Bible, not with the commandments of God. That's for our hearts and for the church. We, they would say we engage with the public sphere with natural law or common grace. Mm. We kind of agree to terms and, um, and deal with each other in that realm. I would also reject that concept. I would hold to a more Vantillian presuppositionalism. You know, don't even try to Google that. <laughs> but that the scripture is for all of life, all of Christ, all of life, mm-hmm. and that he has given us his word and would bless us. He would bless our nation, the public sphere of our nation, Christians and non-Christians, if we would turn and follow his commandments mm-hmm. by faith, by the power of the spirit. Righteousness exalts a nation. Thus saith the Proverbs. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sin is a reproach to any people. So that's the overview. Real specifically, though, what does Paul say? Lay on the table. Don't try to wriggle off. Let the word of God do some surgery on your worldview. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, to have surgery, you got to stay put. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. Don't make God apply. Right. <laughs> What's, what is it called? Anesthetics? Anesthesia. Yeah, <laughs> anesthesia. 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 Lay on the table, hear the word of God, let it, let it do surgery on your worldview. Paul says he is God's servant. Let's say it together, class. God's <laughs> servant, God's deacon, God's minister mm-hmm. for your good. There is no way around that. Mm-hmm. There is no way around that. And that could be supported by hundreds and hundreds of other texts. Amen? Now, but here's the question. Here's the big one. All right. Oh, you know, we didn't get into uh, verse 5 before we get to our big question. Verse 5, therefore, 
one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. So I would say it's not just when you're going to get caught, but to keep a clean conscience. You want to be obedient. Mm. You want to do what you can to keep the peace and stay submissive to the governing authorities. Verse 6, for because of this, you also pay... uh, uh, (laughs) Y'all following along in verse 6? For because of this, God has instituted it. It has authority derived from God. It is God's minister for your good, Mm -hmm. for punishing evildoers, for enforcing justice, for keeping the peace. Therefore, because of this, you pay... You know, it's hard to say, right? (laughs) That's right. You pay taxes. Taxes. Mm -hmm. For the authorities are ministers of God. That's interesting. So it's going back to the Old Testament understanding of the Levitical priests, where the tithes and offerings were brought into the temple to support the priesthood. In the same way, taxes support the the priests, the servants of God in these other spheres as well. well. In the Old Testament, Mm. the tithe was used to resource the church sphere, mm-hmm. right? So that the church can do what it's called to do. You know, mm-hmm. what you and I do um, within the church as ministers of the church is mostly teach the Bible and mostly try to lead people to places they don't want to go, mm-hmm. right? Usually people don't pay you to tell them hard things and make them go places they don't want to go. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right, right. You, that's not that a marketable Here's skill. Here's Right. Yeah. That's not a marketable skill. Now, they'll pay a therapist. They'll pay a life coach. They'll pay somebody who's pumping them up, you know, mm. who, who, when he talks, always has a smile. Like, they'll pay those guys. Yeah. That provides a service. Okay. But someone who's telling them things they don't want to hear, and especially when they have to go to church and sit and there's a pulpit, and when there's a pulpit and someone's preaching, you can't block, you know, you can't <laughs> go to the can't next channel. Them. Right. You're stuck there, and social decorum makes you sit there, and they tell you things you don't necessarily want to hear from the Word of God and take you places you don't want to go. That's what they're called to do by God, and that's just not a marketable skill. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. tithes resources the church, and in the Old Testament as well, taxes resources the civil authorities. Mm -hmm. Even Zacchaeus, Jesus didn't tell Zacchaeus, stop being a tax collector. What did he tell him, though? Do it fairly. Pay restitution for mm-hmm. all the people you've stolen. Now, where did Jesus get that idea? Old Testament law applied to a tax collector, mm-hmm. you know, probably employed by the Romans. I like that, right? Restitution laws from the Old Testament to this tax collector of Roman people. Stay collecting taxes, but do it fairly. Do it rightly. Do it justly. Pay your restitution according mm-hmm. to God's law. So you got to pay them taxes. This is why I'm not in the taxation is theft camp. Okay. Taxation can be theft. Right. And very much often is. Mm-hmm. But that is determined in this way. When the civil authorities are no longer under the authority of God, when they are operating, operating outside of their jurisdiction, and they are taxing you for it, that is no longer legitimate taxation. That is theft. Mm. That is tyranny. First uh, Samuel chapter 8 gives us a great baseline. In First Samuel chapter 8, tyranny is manifest by the king taking a particular percentage of taxes. You remember what that was? A tenth, yeah. When the king takes 10%, exalting himself up as God, that's when tyranny begins. Hmm. So, in my opinion, based on these texts, based on First Samuel chapter 8, 
Over 10% is theft. Okay. Okay. It's burglary. It's theft. It is a violation of our rights as humans to have freedom and to have property and to have inheritance. It is an attack on the household Mm. in particular and the church. So, but taxes are inherently good. Ooh. Why'd you say that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, well, when, when Davenport and the New Haven colonists established freely, they had purchased the land from the Indians. They didn't have a king in their business. They decided to establish civil government and to pay taxes for its services because they understood this is how God designed the world to work. Mm-hmm. This is good for us inherently. Oh, that, that's a vision for what our nation could perhaps one day enjoy if there would be repentance. That's the vision for this show. Hmm. All right, but here we got to get to the big question. All right, here we go. All right, unless other people have some other questions, I'm going to get to this big question. Oh, we're good. Uh, Pastor Joe says that Hobbs Locke was the name you were looking for earlier. Oh, thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you. He also posted a helpful link to the apologetic of Cornelius Van Til in the Ooh, comments. Oh, like it. Nice. Sometimes. Now that right there will make your brain explode. (laughs) (laughs) Do it. Thanks, Pastor Joe. Appreciate you, bud. We're raising up instructed, interested, and evangelized people that know how the church should relate to the civil authorities. Mm. All right. So Pastor Joe is, he's with us today. He's supporting us. He's in there, Raising us up. In the corner. That's right. Let's roll. Waving the the flag. (laughs) So here we go. How does the ruler determine what is good okay this is the big question okay he's a minister of god for our good now ronald reagan i'm going to try my best not to butcher this quote okay he has this famous line he says one of the most scary things you could ever hear is when the government shows up at your door and says i'm here to help right i butchered the quote maybe joe can find that quote for us and throw it down there in the comments hook us up joe but it's sort of you know (laughs) when a a bureaucrat shows up at your door and says here to help here to do you some good that's scary Hmm. these days unfortunately sure i called the uh ministers of christ that we call police officers to my home because there was some uh some assault rifles being discharged in the woods um, all day, all morning. I don't mind that. However, the last time they did it, they shot my van. Okay. Whoops. So they sort of lost, you know, they're behaving in a negligent way. So you called the ministers, you so called I the called deacons, the sheriff's department. The people with guns, because I wasn't going to walk through the woods and confront them. <laughs> <laughs> right. If they're shooting giant uh, Nissan NV vans, you know, who knows what's, what else is getting shot out there. The police officers, the officers then commenced to take my driver's license and run my name, my numbers, to see what warrants were out for my arrest, to see who I was, to see if something needed to be done to me. Pause. Yes, sir. We lost our stream. Give me two shakes. I'm going to put it back. Do you know when we lost it? You can continue your story right from where you were. So you called the police... Yeah, sorry about that, guys. We had a little break in the feed, but we're back. We're back. So I called the police. They come out to my house. They take my identification. They run my license plate number. They make sure I don't have any warrants out for my arrest, et cetera, et cetera. And they do not go to the woods and deal with the problem I originally called. Now, 
this is annoying to me, first of all, because I have the right not to have to go around with my papers like I'm in Germany. Where are your papers, sir? Right. Like, I shouldn't have to do that all the time. Um, but how do they know, how do they determine what's for my good? I suppose they believe what they were doing was for my good, getting all the information on me, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, but how does a, a governor, a sheriff, a civil uh, you know, authority determine what is good? Right. All I got to say, basically, Romans chapter 7, verse 12 says, so the law is holy. What law? The law in the Bibles, the Old Testament, mm. all of the laws of Scripture. And the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Here it is. If anyone wants to know what is defined as good for your good, they must look to the commandments of Scripture. Hmm. They must look to the laws of God. That is how your good is defined in Scripture. Hmm. Now, there's more to it because the laws of Scripture do not um, deal with every single situation. Okay. There is also the God-given gift of discernment and wisdom Mm -hmm. to take various laws and to apply them to situations. Mm -hmm. That's what Solomon did. There's no law in the scriptures that says what to do when two women come both claiming the rights to a baby. Right. Right? Right. But he understood the human heart. He was wise. He was gifted in discernment. Mm -hmm. And he applied the laws of God to deal with that case. This is how good judges operate. And Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14 tells us, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. To distinguish good from evil. So we have in the principles of Scripture that the law tells us what's good, and that mature Christian wise um, leaders can craft and hone their their discernment and learn how to apply it. Mm-hmm. Casuistry is the word. Taking the law of God and applying it to life to try and determine what is good. Mm-hmm. We want meat eating, mature, wise Christian men in office so that they know what is our good. Hmm. Mm -hmm. This is why character matters. Yeah. Yeah. This is why their relationship with their wife and their children matters. Right. That's right. You look at somebody's character and somebody and see like our parents and our grandparents, this, they understood this. This was, this was a no brainer for them. You know, they were like, of course we care about what somebody's moral character is if they're running for office. Yes. But today I'd say in the last 20 years, 10 years or so, we don't care anymore. Instead, we care more about what color are they? Are they red or are they blue? Is yeah, are they a cat or lover or a dog lover? Yeah. You know. And it gets such a, it's such a strange time to live in. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, very much so. We say we are not electing a pastor. We're electing a president. As though the realm of civil authority has nothing to do with God with morality, with ethics. Mm -hmm. This is that view that I was talking to you about. Mm -hmm. The only way a civil authority instituted by God, Paul. Authority granted by God, Paul. Minister of God, Paul. Can determine what is good, Paul, is by the law of God, cultivating discernment and maturity over a period of time. Now, what happens to, you know, for, for, for the sake of argument... Theoretically, of course, okay. when they call evil good and good evil, you know, mm-hmm. woe to those who call evil good and good evil, says mm-hmm. Isaiah the prophet. Right. You know what then? Right. When they are no longer a servant of God for our good, but they are actually called good evil. 
Do we have examples of that taking place in our nation today? Absolutely. Easy. The top Indeed. number one idea is abortion. That's the first thing that pops into my head. It's for, for their good. Many, many more. Healthcare, right. right? That's why abortions are still going on right now. While everything else is closed, we still have babies being murdered. Hashtag essential. Yes. It's nuts out there. Man. Absolutely. Good has been called evil. Evil has been called good. The ministers, not totally, but it seems to be, in many cases, the ministers are wolves. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the sheep are being slaughtered. Mm. Proverbs seventeen fifteen, He who justifies the wicked. Right? That is, they don't do what they're supposed to do. They don't enforce justice. They actually, they actually um, justify the wicked. Okay. They declare the wicked not guilty. Okay. Their laws are flipped upside down. Because they're not looking at the law of God. They're right. looking at the law that they wrote. He who justifies wicked and he who condemns the righteous. See, they've got it flipped upside down. Okay. Are both alike an abomination to the Lord. There's some things in Scripture that are abominations. Mm-hmm. Not everything's an abomination. Right. Big ticket items. Mm-hmm. One of them is civil authorities re- con- converting or turning good to evil and evil to good, mm-hmm. justice to injustice. And devouring the people of God, mm. devouring the sheep of God, devouring a society that God loves. Mm. This, I do believe, describes much of what is occurring and increasingly seems to be occurring in our nation and all around the world, in fact. Mm-hmm. But the vision laid out in scriptures of a blossoming society under God still remains. Here in the scriptures, buried under the rubble and dust of, of um, many a church hmm. lies here in scriptures, the vision for a blossoming and beautiful society under God. This is the mission. This is one of my missions in life is to apply that beautiful vision, that gospel to all of life so that everyone might be able to get a vision of it. Hmm. Well, um, what else do we need to talk about? <laughs> I could go on all day. I got a bunch of different topics. Yeah, well, um, Pastor Joe's got that Reagan quote for you. He also posted a link to it. Yeah, what, what was that, uh, that the Reagan The nine quote? most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. I know. you got to read that with a certain tone yeah. to it. But That's it's lamentable, though, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when the civil authority has been ordained by God for our good that we can't trust, you know? But do we simply point the finger at the civil authorities? No, this nation was founded by the consent of the people, right? Yeah. We have elections. We are electing wolves. We don't need to point the finger at them. Yeah. We need to point the finger at ourselves mm. because down in our own hearts, we've turned good to evil and evil good. Ooh, say it again. This is why we keep saying the way forward must begin with repentance and full trust and obedience to Jesus Christ and his revealed will in the word of God. Hmm. This is the way forward. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That's awesome. David Riley says that he gave our podcast five stars. Shout out, David. Thanks, David. Much appreciated. Is he a top fan? He should be. We need to call somebody. We We need to make that that happen. happen. He did say, though, that after he did that, he got some... Interesting recommendations. I would I would love to hear what those were. Uh, Joel Osteen. Yes. And <laughs> guess the second one. You're right there. Um, Stephen Furtick. There it is. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. 
Now, those aren't aren't those your two favorite pastors? Oh, you know? stop it! You're pretty much all week studying Speaking some Ferdy. Speaking of wolves, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If unfortunately, the algorithm, capital A, just lumps all the churches. Helps, anybody who calls themselves well, a like, church, they like to help the, the big category. and the successful. Oh yeah, they they right. don't help you build a platform. Mm. To build a platform to get the word out, you have to depend on those people who support you. Mm. And that's what we're doing. Blake Gilbert says that he has officially earned the top fan Man. badge. You we see, have some top these fans top fans here. are carrying the water for us. They're the ones. <laughs> we stand on the shoulders of giants. Of our top fans. <laughs> that's right. we got to make these stickers. Tearing proof. That's our thing. I love it. Well, oh, five man. star that iTunes, you know, <laughs> podcast. Ignore the recommendations. <laughs> Run <laughs> from those. <laughs> if enough people would do it, they will start noticing and they will start seeing connections. They will connect the dots. Like I have certain podcasts that I listen to, mm-hmm. and at the bottom of those, it recommends our podcast. Ooh, what? And, and I'm like, the algorithm knows. <laughs> Like, if things get bad, we're in trouble. It's found us. It knows. Oh, no. It knows. It's Underground a, church. That's right. It's uh, right. Aaron Vaughn says he'd be willing to pay three ninety nine for one of those fancy stickers. Three ninety nine. I like that. Well, four, I was thinking four, but I, I guess a, we yeah. could, you know, price is negotiable. We'll see. We'll see. Tyranny proof. I like it. We need to do this. We need a whole line of T-shirts and merch. <laughs> merch. <laughs> and these four guys would buy it. Yes. <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, man. Well, sounds good, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Um, God in Government, episode, I don't know, five? Nah. Who knows? Whatever. Know. Happy to be with you all. Um, hope. <laughs> Sorry. Aaron Vaughn says $3.99 plus tax. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Y'all are hilarious. Anyway, thanks so much for tuning in, you guys. We'll be back again next week, continuing to unpack what it means to be a Christian operating under our government and any government and what that government should ideally uh, look like according to the Word of God. Um, I encourage you guys to continue to share. Uh, invite your friends to like our Christchurch Media page. It's so easy. You can just drop into Christchurch Media, click Invite Friends, and push a checkbox and invite all your friends right away. You can also get notifications anytime we go live. If you go down to the bottom of our comments section, you'll see a button there. If you don't see it there, you can jump on your computer, go to Christchurch Media's Facebook page, and you can click the follow and see first option at the very top of that page, and you'll be able to see all the content that we post here first in your social media feed. Redeem the feed, uh, so to speak. It's been great being with you guys. Uh, Tune in for the rest of the week. We've got How to Dad on Friday at 10 a.m. We've got our weekly sermon coming up on Sunday from Pastor Joe Garner. That'll be live on our media page at 8 a.m. If you're new to this kind of stuff and you're trying to figure out how to do family worship at home on Sundays during this quarantine season, scroll through our old videos on the Christchurch media page and you'll see some helpful instruction on exactly how to do that. Super simple. I encourage you to do that. If you want to support what you've been watching, go to paypal.me slash wearechristchurch. If you want to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, you can just search We Are Christchurch or go to sermonaudio.com and search We Are Christchurch, all one word. And if you got any questions or things that you'd like us to address on the show, you can email me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com. Yes, now, you take hate mail as well. I also receive hate mail. Yes, That's correct. We try to respond to as much as possible. <laughs> can I close this out today? Absolutely. Until next time, trust Jesus with all of your heart. Turn to him and tyranny-proof your life. (laughs) Oh, man, it's happening.